Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Baggies broadcast. My name's Luke Hatfield. I'm joined by a buoyant, an absolutely buoyant Matt Wilson, West Brom correspondent. Matt, we're very happy today because we've actually seen Albion win a game, haven't we? Yeah, we have. We've seen them win a game and not just any old game either. You know, an absolute stunning victory up at Old Trafford. Um, which I must admit I didn't see coming, mm. even though even though you know it's quite a familiar feeling up there. Um, three wins out of the last five visits there now, um, but I must admit, yeah, b- before the game I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, obviously, reverberated around the world because of uh, the fact that it handed the title to Manchester City, but there's also a lot of important um, and intriguing um, aspects for Albion fans in there as well. I thought. Yeah, and you say you didn't expect it. I certainly didn't see it coming. It absolutely destroyed my accumulator over the weekend. <laughs> absolutely destroyed it. I, I was so confident I'd be losing. In fact, I had a fair bit of money. I have about, about so 10. wait, everything else to come in, and you were just waiting for that last game. No, to be fair, to be fair, I had a couple of other games waiting, but it's just it ended the accumulator. I ended my interest in it, so, so to fair speak. Enough. So um, yeah. Well, I I actually um, captained. Lukaku this week in fantasy football. Oh dear! Because you know he's so good. At, he's a flat track bully. He's so good against the little teams, and I say little teams, the the, the weaker teams, I should yeah. say. And um, he's got Albion and Bournemouth, and yeah. double uh, game week at yeah, least. Yeah, and then Ben Foster pulls off save after save after save. Um, but you know I couldn't care less. I was yeah. absolutely loving it. I must admit it was it was a bit it was bittersweet, but I, I must say I still enjoyed it. By the way, did you see Man City's sponsors sponsors video celebrating their title? I did. I've no idea what that was about. Oh, it's so bad. I was much more enjoying the uh, the topless Albion fan in the way and giving it <laughs> giving it large even before kickoff. I thought, and I was really pleased for the fans actually because they they they, they deserve that. You know, they sold out their allocation for this trip. Mm-hmm. Um, They've stuck with the team this season when it's actually lurched from disaster to disaster, and that's what loyalty gets you. You know, memorable days like that. Now, mm. I, I, I wrote in the uh, in the match report that you know it's forty years since the, that that famous five three, and and for me, and for completely different reasons, this victory is just as stunning as that. Yeah. Um, I think Albion were twenty to one with some bookmakers before the game, which is an insane price. Yeah. Um, for a two horse race. So yeah, I mean, an absolutely great day, and um, you know, I'm really delighted for Darren Moore and Neil Cutler and James Shan as well, um, but particularly Moro because you know he was given a, a thankless task, just trying to restore some pride, mm-hmm. and that's what he's managed to do. And he, fair play to him. Yeah, he has, and it's, it, it might not save Albion this result. You know, we, they're still pretty much doomed, but. But it does show that there's still plenty of pride and plenty of fight left in this team, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I was—I must admit, after the game, I started—I started looking at the table. And I thought, oh, is it on? Is it on? I think they're nine points behind Swansea. Yeah. With uh, with four games left, so they'd have to win every game mm-hmm. and hope Swansea pick up maybe a couple of draws um, or get hammered and maybe win one game. Um, so the goal difference, they can stay up on goal difference. Yeah. Listen, it's not going to happen. Um, it's the hope that kills you with these It things. is the hope that kills you. But, you know, you, you, I, I suddenly started thinking, well, it's Liverpool next week and they've got Champions League semi-final yeah. after that, so they might field a weakened team. If you beat them, then you've got a home game against uh, Spurs. Well, you know, you, can, you might be able to if, they, if they've got nothing to play for. Yeah. And then you've got... Um, Newcastle. Newcastle Palace. away. Okay, they're playing well at the moment, but they could be safe by then. Mm-hmm. Crystal Palace away, that, that'd be tough. But last day of the season, anything can happen. Um, no, it's not going to happen, yeah. um, unfortunately. Um, but... The fact that we're even talking about it, um, I think, 
is testament to what to what Darren and um, and his coaching team have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some really telling uh, quotes from the players after that game. I thought. Yeah, yeah, we'll get onto them shortly. Um, was this a perfect Albion performance given given the the opposition they were up against? Uh, I don't think we should. I think we should, you know, mention the fact that United were absolutely dreadful. Yeah. Um, and you know, Swansea were poor the week before, and United were really poor. Uh, was that a City hangover? Do you think they obviously beat City? Uh, you know. I just think it's it, there's something strange going up there. I just think that's how they've been playing at Old Trafford all season. Mm. Um, after the game, Jose Mourinho said to us, um, you know, we were the masters of overcomplicating it, and yeah. I would agree. And and for me, that on the flip side of that. What Moore has done is he is he has simplified Albion to a, a great extent, and he's made them simple but effective. You know, is yeah. this four four two formation is nothing new under the sun. It's very orthodox. It, it's, you've got pace on the wings. You've got two solid banks of four in defence. You've got um, a midfield pair, one who is almost like the quarterback and Chris Brunt, one who runs around and does the legwork and Jake Livermore, and you've got a number ten in Jay Rodriguez who really knits it all together because he. Drops back into midfield and, and, and creates that third man when when they need it. You know, I was mm. concerned that playing this formation, Albion would get overrun against uh, United because they had played four three three, and you, you'd expect Matic, Pogba, and Herrera to to dominate Brunton Livermore. Yeah. But Rodriguez came back in, and I think it was epitomised early on when he dispossessed Matic and and, and Herrera um, to sort of uh, help help out his uh, his teammates. Um, and you know, okay, Pogba was. Bad and, and and you know, in fact, it was pretty much disgraceful to be honest with what he did with his handball yeah. and, and and other bits and pieces. But you know, this was a back to basics approach from Darren Moore, and it's working really well. He's playing players in their preferred positions. You know, he's playing James McLean on the left wing. He's playing um, Alan Neum at right back, not at left back. He's playing yeah. Craig Dawson at centre back. He's just he's putting square pegs in square holes, and it's working. You know, and um, I think we'll probably come on to it, but as James McLean said afterwards, this is what happens when you go onto the pitch and everyone knows what the, what their job is. Yeah. Um, Who knew, eh? Exactly. I, I do think that um, Pardew, his tactical approach, especially towards the end of his tenure, was just bizarre. And and I don't know, you know, some of the things he was thinking about doing. He was getting too clever, you know, playing playing three five two and and, and swapping, you know. Uh, doing strange substitutions and swapping people too much and it, it was causing havoc mm. Darren's come in he's simplified it and he's um, he's getting something out of this team yeah does this does this almost prove this little I mean good form which Albion are under does this prove that the club took too long to ditch Alan Pardew absolutely I mean I, I think he probably should have gone after Barcelona yeah you know he the players didn't really want to go on that trip you know, it was a short trip over Valentine's Day, they, and I think it might have been half term week as well. So they wanted to spend time with their families, but they were they. Pardew said, "No, no, we've got to go on. We've got to go on this trip to, um, you know, to build team morale." Um, and it turned into a disaster. And yeah. you know, I think we 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 found out then that the senior players didn't didn't respect him, um, or he created an atmosphere where where something like that could happen. And um, I think you know. Chris Brunt's rant in the dressing room, Krakowiak's um, rant on the touchline. You know, it, these are things that shouldn't really rear their heads in public, but they yeah. were because the the team were obviously, obviously unhappy and un, and unconvinced by Pardew. Um, 
and he should have gone much earlier. And the board need to shoulder a lot of blame here for accepting Albion's relegation before it had even been confirmed. I mean, the fact that they that they stuck with Pardew for so long, um, you know, I mean, I t- you do have to go back to January and remember that actually in January it was looking quite rosy. Yeah. But things fell off a cliff so quickly. And, and you know, the, the art of good leadership is not is not waiting too long to, to, to make the change and, and almost predict the you know the decline um, before it happens well after the three or four defeats you could see it had gone mm-hmm. um, so I think he should have gone much earlier it should have gone after Barcelona really after that Southampton game when he played Barry and Evans um, you know that showed that he didn't have the the, the leadership to uh, you know to to run the club mm. um, and I think Albion are now going to pay for that. Um, in action with their Premier League status. Yeah, and you said earlier that you know it's it's not it's not it's not going to happen. The survival is not going to happen. But you said it yourself. You looked at the table, and it's it would be wrong to say that the players aren't keeping an eye on it. They might they might say in you know they might say openly to the press that they don't keep an eye on that. But a win like this is sure to up the confidence, regardless, right? Yeah, I still can't see it happening just because I can't. You got to win all your games and then hope other results go your way. And you know, we've got Liverpool and Spurs. Mm-hmm. And listen. Okay, stranger things have happened. Maybe Actually, I don't know if they have. Yeah, I think I think even this, Leicester winning the Premier League is, is this is almost on a par. With, this if, I mean this 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 would, this would well no maybe not because that was a remarkable. This is only four or five games and yeah. that was thirty eight games in the season. But this is this would be you know the, the, I think this would be the greatest escape in Premier League history. Certainly, maybe even in in, in first division history because they were they were dead and buried. So. Um, Look, I don't think it's going to happen, and um, but I do think that there are some positives to be had yeah. from what is happening at the moment under under Darren Moore. Um, I would I would say that you know with the benefit of hindsight we can say this, um, but uh, you know even at the time I did wonder whether throwing um, Darren Moore in as caretaker boss sort of with ten games to go might be a tad unfair. He's very inexperienced as a coach and um, and listen, you know, I, I didn't see this coming. Mm. I don't think many people did. Um, but fair play to him and, f- and, 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 and a huge amount of credit as well um, for what he's done because he, even if he, you know, loses the rest of the games, he's, what he's done is he's unified the club, the squad, yeah. not just the squad, but the club as well. He's got the fans, and the players all harmonious back together. He has um, gone about it in a calm but determined way. Um, you know the way he's done it is very telling. I think it's the, the measure of the man. Um, he, you know, we asked him after the game, "How did you do that? How uh-huh. did you mastermind that?" He said, "Well, ever since I came, ever since I was put in charge, my whole mantra and remit has been: we are together as one. It's a family club. We're going to behave like a family, and I've treated everybody from." The playing staff to the coaches to the, the the everyday normal staff, exactly the same. Mm. And knowing Darren, I'm sure he did do that. Yeah. I'm sure he has done that. Um, and considering all the um, uh, what we heard about Pardew's reign, where he didn't you know mistreated the younger players and that didn't really go down well with the senior players and, and various other bits and pieces, I think Moore has been very clever there. And um, he he his character, he is, you know. He is a he is a likable man, 
very warm hearted and warm natured man but he's also a determined man and I think um, well anybody who watched him play will know he's a leader Yeah. and I think we're seeing that those leadership qualities come through Yeah. Um, now okay he may not be experienced but he's sticking to what he knows and he's staying within his wheelhouse you know he's playing formations and tactics that he knows that he thinks will get the best out of this squad and it's working and I still think it's too early to put him as a contender for the for the managerial position. I think two games is not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, this could just be the um, the manager bounce which Pardew didn't. The bring. manager bounce that Pardew didn't bring. You know, the the, uh, the hangover from what was what's been a bad season. But I I think that if he keeps doing this, well, put it this way, I think he's definitely deserves to be to be kept in the coaching team. Yeah. Um, based on what he's done. Based on what him and Neil Cutler and James Shum, we can't forget those two either because they both seem to have a very big input on the sidelines as well. Yeah. Based on what those three have done, I think they all three deserve to stay at the club uh, next season um, in some coaching capacity. Even if even if uh, Jimmy goes back down to the under twenty threes, yeah. Um, I think I think Cutler and, and Moore deserve to be a part of the first team uh, picture. Um, that might be, be difficult if they appoint a, a head coach above him because a lot of head coaches like to bring their own men in. Yeah. But I think Moore, who who although we haven't got him to say he wants the job yet, you know he's played that with a straight bat. He has admitted that he'd like to stay at the club next season. Yeah. So I think he's earned the right to do that. Whether he is earned the right so far to become a contender for the managerial position, I'm not so sure. Um, it's very early days. But that being said, it's a great audition so far. And if he keeps winning games, and if he keeps getting performances like this, and if the players keep coming out and saying such complimentary things. Mm-hmm. He'll have to become a contender. Yeah, he certainly will do. And it was a good goal as well for for Jay Rodriguez. Another goal for him. Um, and there was talk, you know, about there's some Man United fans on Twitter saying, you know, West Brom are just doing that. You know, they're going to capitalise from set pieces. That's all they're trying to do. But to be fair, so they had a couple of good chances too. Livermore's chance, you know, it was a good save from David de Gea. That is low. It's down. It's a decent strike from Livermore as well. So you know, credit to Albion because they they held their own. This wasn't a, like a complete smash and grab, although they were under the cosh a little bit. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It wasn't a smash and grab. They were matching Man United. I thought they were solid defensively. Mm-hmm. After the game, Jose Mourinho said the same thing. He said, oh, the only way they were going to score was from a set piece. To which I raised my eyebrows at that. I didn't think that was entirely fair or true. I actually yeah. thought they created more chances from open play than Man United did. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the couple of Lukaku chances that Foster saved. That's, be, that save from Lukaku's header, by the way, is great top, top draw. Top draw, isn't it? I mean, he, he's outshone David De Gea, really, in yeah. his own backyard, which is saying something. Um, you know, they had, they created a couple of chances for Lukaku, but I also think James McLean put a couple of um, balls into Rondon on Rondon's head, and there was a couple of things for, that fell for... Um, that fell for, as you say, Jay Livermore. Um, and more after the game said, well, I don't know if I agree with that. I think we created chances from open play. And I completely agree with him. I think they created some some decent chances from open play. As I've said before, by playing simple football, get it out to the wide men, pacey wide men, break at speed mm-hmm. and sweep up the pitch. I thought it was a very measured and very um, well thought out performance um, from the team. And Jay Rodriguez, for me, um, in the past week has been absolutely superb. Yeah. Um, he was man of the match for me at Swansea, against Swansea. He was man of the match for me against Manchester United as well. I thought, although there were some great performances all over the pitch, I thought Foster was fantastic and I thought the two centre-backs played quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I also thought I also thought you know the midfield did well as well, and, and McLean had a good game, um, and even Alan Neon, uh, who bless him, he's unorthodox at times, but you know I don't really remember Sanchez or Martial doing much, so mm, yeah. that suggests he had a good game. Um, but for me, J Rod was the standout performer, and um, it wasn't just his goal, which was a great stooping header, and it also came if you remember after Dawson had. Headed a, an, another corner back across goal yeah. earlier on, and J Rod was not just there. He, he was always, he was almost there, but he just wasn't there. And he yeah. was, he almost like looked at Dawson and, and almost, you know, screwed his face up. And Rudy, he's like, oh, I should have been there. Yeah. Next time he was, yeah. so it was the only sniff at goal he got, and he put it away. And for me, he is the best finisher in the club. He's top scorer now with eleven goals. And considering we've got thirty-seven goals all season, that's almost one in three. Yeah. So he is. He is for me emerging as a as a genuine contender for player of the season. I think he's been mismanaged um, by both Pulis and Pardew. Pulis played him on almost at right wing back at, at times, yeah. and um, that was a waste of his of his abilities. Pardew um, dropped him when he was on red hot scoring streak in favour of Daniel Sturridge, which was a mistake. And he always preferred Solomon Rondon. Now Rondon had has been improved of late, um, and he actually played quite well as well. Yeah, but. Rodriguez is a natural finisher and we should have been playing to his strengths more all season and um, you know for it to come after these the, this charge from um, from Gate and Bong which was uh, found not proven um, it just makes it even more sweeter you know mm. I it, it's a very tricky case that case and I'm sure we've discussed it before I fully believe that Jay Rodriguez didn't say anything yeah. racist having met having met him he is an absolute Lovely bloke, salt of the earth. You know, one of the good guys in football. Um, he comes from a good family, and you know, he's the the, the amount of character references he got um, from his old clubs and old teammates just shows what sort of person he is. Um, I have I have an absolute I'm, I'm in absolutely no doubt that he he didn't say what Bong thought he heard. I also think Bong believe fully believes yeah that. What he heard is what he heard, yeah. and okay. In my in my opinion, I think the most logical um, scenario is that he there was a mishearing. Um, Bong thought he heard one thing, and um, what actually happened was Rodriguez said something else, and Bong's adamant that he heard that and he's taken it all the way. Um, which actually, fair enough. If you think you heard it, you're entitled to do that, and yeah. fair enough to the FA for investigating it fully. But there is a victim in all this and that is Rodriguez who's had to live through this I'm just glad we have put this chapter to bed um, and, it, and it's done and I would love to see Rodriguez um, stay at the club for next season because I think he would get an absolute shed full of goals in the championship mm. Was it disappointing? I mean it's hard to say because it's one of them it's, it's, it's not an open and closed case is it? as you just said you know, it's, it's allowed it's it's, you're you're in a you're on a pitch. There's lots of fans around, so it could just be a mishearing. But is it a shame to see someone like Chris Hewitt expressing disappointment, given that he's been cleared? If he was found cleared, is that is, is that something you read in too much, or is he oh, no, just I almost sticking by? He's his player? sticking by his player there, and he's saying he's saying in the same way that Albion in the same way that Albion stacked by J Rod, they've had to stick by Gate and Bong, and um, you know they believe their player. And as I've said, as I've said, I, I, I believe that both of them. Are, are telling the truth, if that makes sense. Yeah, they're both. I they're both telling their own story. I don't yeah. believe that Bong has done this maliciously, and the FA were, were quick to stress that because just just based on his initial reaction, he initially straight away 
went over to the ref. Yeah. And you wouldn't manufacture that. I don't know why you, uh, you know I don't know why you would do that. You yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't manufacture that. Um so he straight away has gone over to the ref and, and said that and, I, and you know I, I I do think he thought he thinks that's what was said but for me I just can't I can't believe that Rodriguez said it. Um so listen Houston said that because he's sticking by his player. Yep. He's every right to Brighton have every right to do that. West Brom have done a similar sort of thing and said, you know, we're glad that uh, Rodriguez has been exonerated. Um, I do think that Bong's comments afterwards, after the hearing, were a little bit naughty because he said that Mr. Rodriguez had apologised. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm sure that Rodriguez probably said, uh, you know, I'm you, sorry. I'm sorry for the, that. This is for the situation, for the situation as opposed to what. Was, whereas, whereas he's almost Bong has almost insinuated that Rodriguez has apologised for something that he's actually, you know, vehemently denied since day yeah. one. So I thought that was a bit naughty. I think the way Bong's gone about it at times has been a bit unwise. You know, he went on French TV and, and started spouting off when actually it would have been better just to stay stum and um, and. Uh, you know, let let the let the FA sort it out. You know, I, I I'm not saying we should hide these allegations ever under a bushel. You you need to, you should you should air them and investigate them fully. But I don't think Bong went about that in the right way. And mm. um, look, you know, not proven. That is that is that is the FA's remit. You know, you know that's how they that's how they decide. It's yeah. either proven or not proven, and this is not proven. So I think this is a uh, Rodriguez can be cleared of this. Um, you know. There will always be those who who believe there's no smoke without fire, um, but for me, having met him, I would be extremely, as I've said before, yeah. I'd be extremely surprised. Um, I, he just doesn't seem like the character to me whatsoever. Yeah, and could this be all finished up now? Could this could this help in any potential decision for him to stay next season? We've talked about it before, saying that having this over his head might have, you know, created a little bit of friction between not between him and Albion, but you know, he might he might want to move it on. Just might have been like a bad slate. a bad feeling about. Yeah. His time here, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, I'm not sure about Rodriguez. I'm sure he will have so many suitors in the summer because you know he's got 11 goals in the poor Albion team. And if you look at the last two performances, he, he, you know he's he's been brilliant. And you think about how he played at Anfield and how he played at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. He is he is a and how he you know and remember at Arsenal as well. You know he, he hit the post there. He should have had a penalty. He is a good player. Um, and we will be very lucky to keep hold of him. I, I'd love him to stay. I also think he's not really a mercenary. You know, he, st- he stayed at Burnley for a long time. He stayed at Southampton for a long time, even when he wasn't playing, because you know he, he, he he's a hard worker and he's an, an honest chap. So uh, I'd love him to I'd love him to stay and and um, try and get us back up at the first um, the first go, but. You know the lure of the Premier League, and you know he's he's not getting any younger. He's 28 now. He's in the prime of his career. And if somebody says, "Look, I can offer you Premier League football," and 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 if he thinks, "Okay, they're going to play me every game," then you know you can understand why you would go, can't you? You can, yeah. And uh, another man who did well, obviously, at Manchester United, uh, Ben Foster, as we touched on, back at his old stomping grounds. It's not. Does it feel like a coincidence him committing his future to the club and then obviously putting on a performance like that? Uh, that might have helped him, wouldn't it? Uh, I think in his mind he was always going to stay, so I don't think it, it would have made too much of a difference. Um, he just voc- he just vocalised it, and he was happy to vocalise it when he was asked about it because he was always going to stay. I think. Um, I think he's you know he's not been at his scintillating best at all times this season, um, but he is a very good keeper, and you know 
what how does the old saying go for him is temporary class is permanent he's a very good keeper and I think he'll be a great keeper next season for us in the championship certainly will be uh, you, you touched on Daryl Moore as well saying that you know it's it's not it's too soon to judge him whether he could be considered for the job permanently but the bookies don't seem to agree with you they've, they've knocked down his odds he's 8-1 now to be the next West Brom boss I mean if there's there's a case saying if he if he carries on with the way Albion have, have gone under him Surely he's got to be one of the leading contenders. Yeah, if he carries on, absolutely. Um, and you know, you we you all we've always spoken about you know the art of picking a manager is getting someone on on an upwards trend. And you know, you never know. Darren Moore could this could be the start of a great managerial um, career for him, mm-hmm. or at least a, a managerial career at the top end of the game. So, um, yeah, he has to be he has to be at least part of the conversation. I just think it's two games. All right, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. That's the only that that's all I'm saying, you know. I I, I understand the calls for um for him and, 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 and because he's universally um loved by the fans and he seems to be um getting the best out of the players, but you know, it's two games and mm. um if he's if he's still if he's still doing this after six games, I think he does have to be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, maybe he could he could be an assistant um, to the new man, and with the with with the aim of him becoming a manager in the future. Or maybe he has to go away and and earn his stripes somewhere else. You know, maybe drop down to League One or or somewhere, and then and then come back. Um, that would be okay as well. I. I, I, I do understand the, the calls for, for him being instead I just think it's two games and yeah. you can't you can't get too carried away. Um that being said, you know, I wonder if Albion had they appoint had they actually kept Gary Megson, yeah. would they have gone down? Because mm-hmm. Megson was getting something out of this team as well. Um Pardew did not and he was a disaster. So actually, going for experience and 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 know-how or alleged know-how um, hasn't worked for Albany in the past, and maybe actually giving Darren a chance is not the end of the world. That yeah. That being said, we do have to we do have to remember he's it's early on in his coaching career. So um, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. I mean. Everyone starts somewhere, so you never know. Do you think he wants it? He might not have opened up to the press about it, but I don't it, know actually because I think he's. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of stress, and even on even on Sunday, you know, he came in. He was he was bless him. He was so it took him ages to come into the press room because he was doing all of his other media duties. You know, yeah. After the game, you have to do Sky TV, BBC Match of the Day. Radio um, broadcasters, uh, the club's own broadcast, you know, the club's own website. Yeah. Um, so he and uh, local radio, national radio. So you have to do all these interviews. So he's done, he'd done about five interviews, and he came in so much later than Jose Mourinho. And the reason for that is he was giving them all of his time. Yeah. And he was he was standing there and waiting until the head finished their questioning, and whereas Jose was being abrupt. Yeah. Three word answers. Mourinho came in. Blah blah blah. Spoke quickly, then left. He was there for about four minutes. Darren Moore was in with us for ten minutes. I, I, but afterwards, you know, he did look quite tired, and um, 
Martin Swain, who's the director of communications, turned to him and said, that's it, it's done now. Yeah. And you could see there was a sigh of relief. You know, I do wonder if the stresses of management, um, he's, he's, I wonder if he's thinking, this is hard, you know, this is a lot of work. And he, what, he, what he enjoys is, is being out on the training pitch with the players and coaching them. Yeah. That being said, he, he has previously expressed a desire to get into management. He's done his badges. You know, he's got the qualifications, so he can do it. Um, and if there were, if there was ever a club that I that he would want to manage, it would be West Brom. You know, he, he spoke of his pride at standing on on you know in the in the technical area of the Hawthorns, and and you know he's got an affinity with the fans. So if there's a, if there was ever a, a club that he would want to, it would be Albion. I just wonder whether he's whether he would be up for doing it um, permanently because when you lose that caretaker moniker, moniker and when you become a permanent boss. There's a whole different set of rules. You yeah. are no longer. Um, you're not getting free hits. You're not getting free hits. You are not. You are expected to deliver results. And he would particularly, if he was became, became permanent boss in the championship next season, he would be expected to mount some sort of promotion charge. Yeah. I think he would get a lot of good grace from the fans, uh, even if you know if they were mid-table, if they could see a pattern and see a plan. Um, and it, it, maybe if it stuttered to start, I think you'd get a lot of good grace. But eventually, you have to start delivering results. Now, yeah. he has done so far. So there's nothing to say that he won't. Um, but whether he wants it or not, I can't answer that until he tells me. Um, I would imagine that he probably he probably does. But um, he could be he could be thinking this is a lot. Of stress, you know. You look at look at when managers go out the game and then they come back and they look ten years younger. Yeah, there's a reason for that. Yeah. It's a very stressful job, and and in the modern game, because the amount of, you know, you're not only in charge of the club, but you're also the the front of house for the club. You are, you are the, um, you are the spokesperson. You are the person who has to field all of the tricky questions. You have to, um, you become the, almost the, um, you know, the face of the club. Yeah. Now I I think Darren Moore that he would be quite good at that. But um we wait we wait and see to see what happens. Yeah. Um could well be still making up his own mind on that one, I guess. He he probably is, you know. Um he probably is. And he probably doesn't want to get too ahead of himself. You know. Yeah. He's said to us, look, my mantra is one game at a time. And it's a very clever mantra. He's not getting I think you know, I did the problem with Pardew was almost he got not that he got too ahead of himself, but he was not didn't show enough humility, I would say, in the in the sense that I'm going to come here, I'm going to play some sexy football, um, or I'm you know I'm not Tony Pulis, lads, you know I'm here to 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 get you playing some exciting stuff, and we'll be fine. Yeah, and it didn't work out, and you know, I think Darren's gone the other way, and he's 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 he knows that actually every game is tough, so you've got to focus on the game. You know, he only had three days with the players for the Swansea game. They looked better. Yeah, yeah. The week before the Man United game, and they looked much better. So I mean, I'm excited to see what he does against Liverpool next week. I mean, I, I you know, for the first time in a long time, going to the Hawthorns is going to be genuinely excited. Yeah. So um, I hope you know, I hope he continues it, and I, and I hope that we see uh, his career develop and blossom at the Albion in whatever way that is, whether it's as an assistant coach, a first team coach, or as or as a manager, but. Like I said, I'm I'm personally at the moment just 
saying you know, everyone let's just calm down it's two, only two games yeah um, and one man who certainly didn't get on with Pardew as you just said before uh, James McLean um, his comments it shows the lack of respect for the player, from the players for Pardew doesn't it well you, I, yes I would take his comments with a pinch of salt purely because it's McLean and he is a bit of a hothead yeah um, God love him <laughs> uh, and uh, you know he wasn't playing under Pardew and um, he's playing now under Darren Moore, so that always helps. Yeah. But it does speak, I think it does give you an insight into, into, into what was happening in the dressing room. The fact that he's saying, everybody, you know, everybody knows what their job is now, and that always helps. He's basically saying that, no, they didn't have a clue what they were doing when Pardew sent them out on the pitch. Yeah. And you saw that, because you saw that when they were getting overrun in midfield, and it took him an hour to change it. You saw that when Brunt, had, you know, had a rant in the dressing room you saw that when they were confused looks by his substitutions and, and his tactics and what he was asking them to do so yeah it backs up that and you know Ben Foster says something similar and uh, so have a few of the other players I just think I think uh, I think Darren has done, done a good job and I think Pardew did a disastrous job and um, you know it's it's no surprise that the three men that hired him have now left the club. Yeah, we're just going to get on to that. Uh, Nick Hammond, the, the latest to pay the price uh, for the for the Pardew reign and replaced by someone who not many fans will have heard of, uh, Giuliano Terraneo, uh, in his technical consultant. Um, obviously, this broke last week, but we'll go through a quick run through, run through for those fans who haven't really caught up by now. Um, it is an interesting shift in dynamic, isn't it, for Albion? So, yeah, it's a it's a big shift actually, um, and I suppose understandably from the owners who have seen they went they they were advised by Jeremy Peace to go for British know how in John Williams and Martin Goodman. Yeah. So they went with that. They had Nick Hammond uh, there, and then they appointed a, a a coach with British experience in Alan Pardew. So it was a very much an experienced British group, mm-hmm. and it went disastrous. It was an absolute shambles. So they've gone for a new direction, a new, a new, a new step here, and they've gone for Terraneo, who, you know, I confess I hadn't heard much about um, beforehand. Um, his CV is quite intriguing. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been a sporting director at um, Inter uh, and uh, other. Uh, where else was it? Fenerbahce. Yeah. Uh, and some other places, and um, he was once, you know, coveted by Barcelona. He signed some very uh, good players for Inter, likes of you know the Brazilian Ronaldo. Um, but whether that is whether those skills are transferable to the Championship, I'm not so sure. Um, look, we'll see what happens. It, it could be an exciting time where he we get his contacts book allow us to bring in um, some interesting Italian names either. In the playing staff or in the dugout, yeah. Or it could be, you know, a bit of a a bit of a mess. I think it's a good thing that he's on a six month rolling contract, so it means that actually, if it doesn't work out, we can just get rid of him. There'll be yeah. no, there will be no. Um, and you cut ties fairly. You can easily, cut ties easily. They? There'll be no um, problems like there was with Pardew. Um, and I also think that if. Um, if it does work out, you know he could always stay on as technical director um, because that's another role that he need, we need to to get. Um, you know, Nick Hammond feels slightly sorry for him in the sense that he was sidelined under Pulis, um, didn't really have much of a say, 
Um, but I, uh, the fact is, Hammond was his man. Mm. Uh, sorry, Pardew was his man. Yeah. And um, you know, when it goes well, that sort of appointment with a cosy relationship like that, and and, and a friendship that's very public, um, that sort of that that looks like oh, Nick Hammond's got good contacts. But when it goes badly, it looks like it's jobs for the boys yeah. and cronyism. And unfortunately, that's what it looked like. And uh, it didn't really work out. So the people inside the club say Nick, they got on with Nick and they thought he was actually had potential to be quite a good recruitment chief. Um, but he's ultimately paid the price for what happened with Pardew. Mm-hmm. Um, and now pretty much everybody <laughs> is gone from that summer last year. Um, in sort of uh, in the board level and, and management level yeah. so um, certainly interesting times I'm intrigued by Terran I'm looking forward to seeing what, what he brings um, yeah it'd, it'd be interesting to see um, what route he goes down because you know we were expecting a <coughs> sorry we were expecting a a sort of reboot of the club with um, very core local values at heart and the sort you know maybe Michael Appleton or Dean Smith to emerge, um, and to now try it's and, Patrick Cliver to try and yeah to try and reinvigorate. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know where that came from to try and reinvigorate um, the the fan base, but you know Terraneo will may have some some other more exotic ideas. Um, yeah. you know, or he may not, or he may he may come in and, and, and get an, get a, a feel of what of what the club needs and, and decide okay, actually uh, what they need is this. Yeah, um, be interesting to see. You know. My only concern with him is he hasn't got much experience in England. He hasn't got much experience in in the second tier of England, particularly, and he's not been working since 2016, which is a slight concern. But listen, he's obviously very experienced. He probably has some some great contacts in the game. So um, we we'll wait to see what happens. Yeah, it'll be could be good. It'll be very interesting to see either way. Uh, as always, we've got your questions coming in. Going to answer a couple of them now, and then we'll get on to the Liverpool game. Uh, first one comes from Omar which is at Baggy Snickers on Twitter he asks what crazy scenarios would have to happen for Albion to stay up he sounds like he's excited just like we are <laughs> well I, I think I covered that we have to win all our games so that requires beating Liverpool and Spurs and Newcastle and Palace I think Swansea would have to uh, draw two of their games and lose the rest they've got five games left and they've got Man City Chelsea they've got some easy games in there as well Stoke Southampton I think they've got Bournemouth I might be wrong on that one but I don't see it happening purely because I'm, I imagine Swansea will get more than three points anyway mm-hmm. um, there are a couple of other teams that if we win all of our games uh, and they lose all their games we can overtake but it's not going to happen You know, these teams will get a point here or there yeah. Um, and yes, we will probably not win every single game. Uh, yeah, Lee Greenwood, he asks, uh, it felt like there was a great spirit in the team yesterday. Uh, if we keep this level of performance up for the rest of the season, do you think the likes of J-Rod, Rondon, Higazi, Gibbs will be more likely to stick with us next season if we're not in the, if we're not, if we're not in the Premier League? That's a good question. I think there might be some people in that group who would. You know, As I've said about Rodriguez, honest chap, Rondon as well. I'd like, you know, I'd like to see both of those stay. Actually, um, they get a lot of stick those two, but um, they've scored uh, twenty goals between them. And, and as I've said, they've only, the club's only scored thirty-seven goals or something. So it's yeah. not a bad return. I don't think anybody else has got more than two. So um, actually, you know, they're doing their best. Um, I'd like to see Rondon and Rodriguez stay. I imagine Gibbs will go. 
Um, who are the other ones? Uh, Hagazi was mentioned. I think Hagazi uh, will stay. And that was it. That was it. Those are four. Right, J. Rod, Rondon, Hagazi, and Gibbs. I think I think Gibbs will go. I think Hagazi and uh, Hagazi will stay. And I hope Rodriguez and Rondon stay. But I, you know, they both could go. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Maguire asks, do you think if we kept Darren Fletcher a strong, stable, consistent holding midfielder and captain, our season would have been better? Definitely. I think that was the start of it, actually, and we've missed that leadership on the pitch. You know, Darren got a lot of stick last year, uh, unfairly at times, because he was being played out of position. He wasn't a holding midfielder. He, you know, he, he was being played sort of almost as in the role that Jake Livermore has been asked to do at times this season, and, and, and perhaps unfairly as well on him, because he's a holding midfielder as well. Um, but he dragged the team up pitch with mm-hmm. his, with his performances, and he was a, and he was a leader in that dressing room. And I think we have missed that. Um, I don't think Johnny Evans has, has, has been a, a good captain compared compared to him. Um, and I think you know that was uh, that was the start of it. And uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to to see how he would have fared this year had we had Fletcher. Yes, fair outlines. Painful to admit, but we seem to be a better team without Johnny Evans. Is his injury until the end of the season, or could Darren Moore drop him? Well, he was 50-50 for this game, and he didn't make it uh, with his knee injury. I would be surprised if he came back in the side. You know, they just kept a clean sheet at Old Trafford. Why would you change that? Yeah. I think he, I, I think even if he's fit next week, I don't think he'll play. I don't think he'll start. Um... And I think, you know, it'd be, in- it'd be interesting to see what happened there. But, um, yeah, it's interesting that Dawson and Higazi, I think, have been the centre-back pairing for three of the four league wins this season. Mm. So It's interesting, isn't it? Though? Look, Johnny, Johnny is a good player. He is a good player. There's a reason why Manchester City wanted him in the past and why Arsenal wanted him and why he played for Man United. He's a good player. But he is obviously um, not had it... Well, He's obviously been distracted this season by all the speculation going around about his future. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the fact that he was involved in the Barcelona taxi uh, scandal. Listen, we don't know the ins and outs of that, who's responsible. It probably, it might have just been one one of those four members who actually did did the actual, you know, offence, as yeah. it were, alleged offence. Um, so we don't know, but... The fact that he was involved in that, um, I, d- I just don't think he's been um, a great leader com- compared to uh, to Fletcher and, and some others. I also think that actually losing Jonas Olsen um, as well as Fletcher mm. had a big impact as well. He's a leader as well. Yeah, he certainly is. Uh, Clint McCormick, he asks, uh, we're nearly beating Spurs at Wembley and then getting our best result of our lifetime yesterday. Do you think there's an argument that the players aren't as big a part of the problem as many people feel? I think they have to shoulder some of the blame, certainly, because they, you know, they have they some of them have not put it in this season. At times, a lot of them have. You know, there are still good characters in that in that dressing room. There are still people who care. Uh, people like J. Rod, Rondon, etc., Dawson, Garcia. I'm not going to go on, um, yeah. and and I'm not going to go through the whole squad. But you know what I'm. You, the, the fans know who who's putting it in, who who isn't. Um, so I do think they have to shoulder some of the blame. But yeah, there have been um, catastrophic mistakes above them. Yeah. By the board and by managers. So yeah. Yeah. And last one from Will. Uh, he asks, "What are your thoughts on Nasser Chadley and his omission from the team?" I think there's not much point in playing him. 
anymore. He didn't want to play for Albion uh, when they're in the Premier League. Now they're going to be in the Championship. I can't see him staying. He's got a £16 million release clause. Let someone meet it and sell him. Do you think someone will meet that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll finish up. Obviously, West Brom take on Liverpool this weekend. It's a game which has been bounced around um, partly due to Sky, but partly due to Liverpool's Champions League commitments. Now, Saturday, uh, half past 12. Uh, it doesn't get much easier for Albin, uh, does it really, considering you go from Man U away to Liverpool at home. Liverpool, one of the best teams in the league. But as you said, could rest players for that Tuesday game. Do you, do you give Albion much chance? I, I certainly give them more chance than I did, say, two weeks ago. I do give them a chance because I think we'll see the likes of Dominic Solanke and you know some other youngsters for Liverpool rather than their big hitters. And I think that, OK, whilst those players may be playing for their space in the Champions League uh, team, the league is obviously not a priority at the moment for that, for that club. And you saw how they were against Everton. I think Everton should have won that game. And I think Albion will have a great chance. Mm. Um, they've already beaten them once this season. They'll be absolutely flying after Old Trafford. Um, so, yeah, they definitely have a better chance than they did two weeks ago. Um, look, they can still lose because Liverpool are a good team. Very good team, actually. You know, they're, they're not in the semi-finals of the Champions League for no reason. Mm. And they could still, they've still got very very astute players there um, but yeah I think it will be it wouldn't be the most shocking result if Albion picked up a win yeah. um, which is amazing if if Darren Moore gets that win and we've we've said we're trying to uh, control our excitement but if they get if he gets another win is the great escape part two on it depends what happens elsewhere um Swansea, bear in mind Swansea play Manchester City. Okay, so yeah, but they might. Manchester City have just won the title, haven't they? They have. So they might, you know, be off the boil. And but they might be flying as well. Oh, they might be. I don't know. They haven't got, they haven't got anything else okay. to worry about. I will, if, if we beat Liverpool and Swansea uh, lose, yeah. then I'm going to say it's back on. Only because, <laughs> only because that would mean the closer you get to the end of the season. Yeah the more likely it is, obviously. So, that would be six points and we would have three games left. So, we need to win two of the last three and hope Swansea lose all theirs. Yeah. That is more, that is more achievable. That is more, I mean, Swansea were absolutely dreadful at the Hawthorns. So, if they continue to play like that, then you never know. Um, but, but we'd have to beat Liverpool and Swansea would have to lose to Man City and maybe even, I don't want to say this, you never want to wish this on but maybe even suffer a couple of injuries or something. Mm, yeah. You know, it's... Nothing it's, serious, just little niggly ones, you know, yeah, a couple of weeks. A couple of hamstrings just to out to the end of the season, that sort of thing. Um, no, in all seriousness, it's not going to happen, Luke. But, the yeah, you're getting me excited because I'd love it to happen. Yeah. But if, I don't know, I can't. I'm almost stumbling over my words here. It's not going to happen. We shouldn't get excited. Um, but wouldn't it be wonderful just if there was like a m- tiny possibility? Yeah. We shouldn't get excited, but we're going to anyway. The one, I mean, the one thing is we can't be relegated on on Saturday against Liverpool. Yeah, that's the one thing. Um, that's it. Uh, well, t- actually, yeah, yes, we can, can we? Yeah, we will be able to because if Swansea win, beat Man City, and we lose, I think I've got a feeling Swansea may well play on the. Sunday. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure of that, but let me just. Do but that. assuming Man yeah, they play Sunday. They okay. play Sunday, four thirty. So at, if we Man, beat at, at the Etihad, so as if well. we beat Liverpool and put the pressure on them, 
Yeah. They're probably not thinking about Albion, actually, are they? They're probably thinking about Stoke and I'd have, Southampton. I'd, <laughs> I'd imagine not, but I tell you what, their fixtures coming up with Swansea, they've got Man City away and then they've got Chelsea at home. I know Chelsea aren't in great form, but after that, that's when things get a little bit tougher for Albion because they've got Bournemouth, Southampton and Stoke. That is everyone in Swansea. Nah, see, that's the, that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, even if even if they've lost all their games, the fact they've got Southampton and Stoke, somebody's got to pick up points somewhere yeah. on that run. So... You know, I, it's not going to happen. But, yeah. but listen, it's just, it's just nice, just nice to be like even entertain the idea that it would. Mm. So uh, team changes. Uh, I mean, I haven't looked into this. So I'm assuming Daniel Sturridge will not be able to play against his parents. He can't club. play against Liverpool now. Any other team changes that you you consider, or I, I imagine more would keep it exactly the same. Play the same team, yeah. They 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 play. They all deserve to keep their place. I think they played very well. They've got a good balance to that team. And yeah, keep it as it is. You know, I wrote in the Saturday's paper that it's time to see more of Sam Field and Oliver Burke. And I do maintain that, that it could be. But actually, Darren is picking the team that he thinks has got the best chance of winning a game. Yeah. And ultimately, fans want to see people win games. Um, listen, at this level, you can't get handouts. And, and, and Burke has had plenty of opportunities in... Um, training and also a couple of opportunities in games as well um, he hasn't really taken them Sam I feel a bit more sorry for just because I think he hasn't really put a foot wrong at all this season and deserves more of a chance when Albion go down uh, maybe when it's confirmed it'll be, it'll be nice to see him but for now actually what's more important is re- reinstating or reinstilling you know, that good feeling around the club, and and if if Darren believes and more believes that this is the the team that can that can do that, then then okay, keep keep faith in this team. You know, and I, I understand why he, why he's doing that. Match prediction, Matt Wilson. It's going to be West Bromwich Albion two, Liverpool one. That's exactly what I've got in my head. You <laughs> stole the words from my mouth. Well, Al- Jay, Ma- Jay Rodriguez, Solomon Rondon, two one, and the great escape is on. Have let's have a, let's have some uh, let's have some crazy optimism. I'll have some of that. I will have some of that, and I'm sure the listening Albion fans will do too. They're probably all laughing at us now, but there we go. They probably are, especially if they're listening to this after the Liverpool game. <laughs> but uh, let's hope so. Let us let's hope so. My fingers are crossed. I'm excited. Matt Wilson's excited. The great escape could be could well be on in a week's time. Uh, <laughs> it won't be but it's nice that Darren Moore has done what he's done and it's, even if it's even if it stops there at, at Old Trafford it's great that they had that day out the fans that went and it's great that in you know everybody else who who couldn't go got to see it on TV and got to see a performance like that because they've been in short supply this season so yeah fantastic day it is fantastic and fingers crossed the album we'll be back next week <laughs>